About a year ago, I had an accident that could have been significant. Thankfully, I was in a really safe car. But around the time that happened, I had been developing a set of questions to kind of help as a framework for my life. Here's the three questions. In any given situation, what can I learn? How can I be grateful? And how can I help? What can I learn? How can I be grateful? And how can I help? Now, about a year ago, I was in a major accident. It was July 4th of last year. I was coming through an intersection on the green light, clearly on the green light. Somebody plowed through at the crossroads, T-boned me. My car spun around three times. I landed on the embankment. But because I had been asking myself these three questions, I was able right away to allow those questions to kick in and to figure out how to be of use and how to gain from that situation. So I'm spinning around. Even as I was beginning to spin around, those three questions came to my mind. And as I came to rest, I asked that first question, what can I learn from this situation? And right away, I realized that I can always be more cautious. I can always be more careful. The accident wasn't my fault. The person clearly ran the red light. But there was something for me to learn from that. And then how can I be grateful? Well, I was a little bruised and beat up. I had some, I had some bruises that took weeks, maybe even a couple months to get rid of. But I was able to get out of the car. I was able to, right away, I could be grateful that I was alive, frankly, and that I was fairly well. No one else was hurt. So there was lots to be grateful. And then how can I be of service? How can I help? Now, if you've spent time in the rooms of recovery or in any 12-step programs, you realize that all I did there was I just kind of cribbed some of the best of the 12-step literature and brought it out into the open. But I'm using that as an example to talk about the power of questions, the amazing power of questions. And what I want to talk about today is five ways that you can change your life with questions. Now, I have to tell you one more story, and this is kind of one of the great ironies of the universe is that I knew I was going to be talking to you about the power of questions. And this morning, as I got ready to record this podcast, I ran into a tech issue. You know what I didn't want to do? I didn't want to ask for help. I didn't want to ask questions about my tech support problem. I'm a pretty smart guy. I actually have a master's degree in technology. For three years, I ran a tech support center. I've got an earned PhD. And yet what I keep learning is the incredible power of asking questions. Eventually, I broke down. I'll tell you the rest of the story, which is that eventually I broke down and I reached out to a friend. And he came back with a couple suggestions. They weren't actually the solution to my problem, but they got me thinking differently. And that's the key thing. They got me thinking differently. And they got me, obviously, to a tech solution because you're listening to this podcast now or you're watching it on YouTube. Questions are powerful. I've got a, a number of books on my bookshelf, which is How to Ask Better Questions. There's a great book called Change Your Questions, Change Your Life. I'll talk more about this later, but Warren Berger has an amazing book, set of books. Uh, one of them is called A More Beautiful Question. So there's this incredible power in being able to ask questions. 
what it does is it really changes the way we see a particular problem. So often we're, we're raised in a context where we think we're supposed to know all the answers to everything. We think we're supposed to be able to solve all of our own problems. We think that we should just innately know how to do everything. <laughs> we forget that from the time we were born, we've been asking questions. How do I, how do they, what is that? How does that work? Right? We are sense-making creatures. And the way we make sense is through better questions. The, the problem often is that we, because we are raised in a culture where we think we're supposed to know all the answers, we somehow feel less when we ask quest questions. We somehow feel that we're maybe not up to the game of life, or we're not as powerful as we thought we were, as smart as we thought we were, as capable as we thought we were. But here's one thing I keep learning is that the most powerful, smart, capable people are the people that know how to ask good questions. As a coach, as a consultant, you know what I spend the bulk of my day doing? Asking questions. And questions can be incredibly powerful in terms of changing how we live our lives, in terms of changing even the direction of our lives. And so I want to talk about today, I want to jump right into this topic of how do we change our life with first with questions? So I want to talk about first that we can practice the power of being self-reflective. Now, again, this is something that I've kind of learned in spades from, the, from my time in recovery, but we are often so outward focused and outward reflective that we forget, even for those of us who are more engaged in spiritual practices, we often forget to be self-reflective. But what questions give us is the capacity to pause, to reflect, to reflect kind of how we see the world and even how we are talking to ourselves about ourselves. Does that make sense? So, one of the questions that came out of my coaching practice, it's a question that I ask all of my coaching clients, but I've now come to ask myself all the time. Whenever I'm in the middle of a really difficult situation, something I'm not sure how to get through, something that maybe isn't fair or I didn't turn out the way I thought it would be, one of the self-reflective questions I ask or a set of self-reflective questions I ask is about a bias toward goodness. So whenever I'm facing a really difficult situation, I always ask myself, what would this situation look like if, number one, I believed I was fundamentally good, I was made good. Number two, I believed that the people around me wanted goodness for me. And number three, that the world was aligned for my goodness, right? How would this problem, this difficult situation that I can't think my way through, how would it look different to me if, number one, I believed I was good? Whenever I'm facing a difficult challenge, one of the first instincts that maybe it's my primitive brain, my amygdala, maybe it's conditioning, but one of the biggest challenges I face is the belief that somehow this is happening to me because I'm bad or broken or, or something like not good enough. 
what would this problem look like if I believed that I was made good? I'm not perfect. I'm not done, but I was made inherently good. What would this problem look like if I saw the people around me who may be spiritually imperfect and spiritually flawed, just like me. But what would this problem look like if I believed that the people around me were trying to do good, even for me, that no one's really doing anything to me. Everybody's trying to live their own story. And what would this problem look like if I believed that the world was aligned for my goodness? That was maybe one of the harder ones for me to get to as well, because Having grown up in a certain religious context, the belief that, you know, the sort of sinners in the hands of an angry God idea, but that ability to practice the power of self-reflection really gives me the chance to rethink difficult situations. It gives me the chance to go back to core questions. What do I truly want in life? Like as I'm facing the the question of how I'm going to live my day, how I'm going to live the next hour, the next day, the next week. What do I want out of life? What are my core values? I've mentioned this in other episodes, but I have a regular weekly practice where I use what's called my life book, where I go back and I review what I want out of life. I review my core values, my core beliefs. That question about goodness really allows me to ask, what are my limiting beliefs? What limiting beliefs are holding me back? And do I have some limiting belief because of because I'm unable to see myself as good and whole, as whole as I can be, because I'm able, unable to see the world or the people around me as good? But self-reflective questions also give me the ability to align my actions with my goals and with my values. Uh, for me, it's on Sunday. On Sunday, I pause and I say, how do I want my next, how do I want the next week of my life to look? And that gives me the ability to align my actions with my goals, and with my values. And then, you know, what can I learn from past failures? What can I learn from current failures? <laughs> We're often kind of, kind of thinking about, oh, those things that happened in my past. Well, guess what? I make every day mistakes. And so how can I learn from them? This goes back to the idea of a growth mindset. If we have a growth mindset, if we assume, if we're not fixed in our, in our way of thinking, and this is especially true for those of us that are older or starting over in life, what would our failures look like if we believed every one of them was an attempt to grow and be better tomorrow than we were today? So one way to use questions to change your life is to practice the power of self-reflection. The second way is to cultivate emotional intelligence through curiosity, to become curious about the world. Now, if you haven't, if you're not familiar with the term emotional intelligence, I'm guessing most of you are, but you know, so many of us grew up with an idea of intelligence an IQ scale or something like that. But emotional intelligence is our ability to handle the emotions of our relationships, of our situations, of the choices that we're given in life. Emotional intelligence, it's, it's a term popularized by Daniel Goleman in the book called Emotional Intelligence. And if you haven't read that, I would recommend it. But emotional intelligence is just that capacity 
to summon the correct emotions to deal with any situation that comes, comes our way. And practicing, cultivating emotional intelligence by asking questions, by being curious about the world, again, assumes that we don't know the answer to everything. And in a world that is changing faster than we could ever imagine, that's going to continue to be true. So practicing emotional intelligence through curiosity, it really gives us the chance to, to genuinely understand and empathize with others. And so as we go through the day, and you know, I've, I've recently moved to a town where there's a lot of people, a lot of tourists, a lot of vacationers, but also a lot of homeless people, a lot of people who are who didn't end up with the the life outcomes lottery. <laughs> they didn't end up winning that. And so practicing emotional intelligence by being curious allows me to see the world, the whole world, as a place where I can learn. But also viewing the world through the lens of questions, not answers, it allows me to really ask what triggers my emotional reaction. You know, in recovery, we often talk about the idea of keeping our side of the street clean. That just means that we are accountable 100% to ourselves, but don't feel the need to be accountable for anybody else. It, it, it helps remove that, I, that need for codependence. And when I'm less codependent, when I ask myself really important emotional questions and I cultivate emotional intelligence through curiosity, I can get a better sense of what's triggering me emotionally and how do I maintain a positive sense of emotion throughout the day Cultivating, cultivating emotional intelligence through curiosity, it also gives me the chance to ask, am I communicating effectively? Did the person on the receiving end hear what I thought I said on the sending end? Am I communicating effectively? Am I listening? So by, by cultivating a practice of questioning throughout my day, throughout my life, I'm able to listen more actively and to listen, just listen more. I just, I shut my face hole more and I, and I listen more. Cultivating emotional intelligence, though, it also, through, through questions, also gives me the ability to be a problem solver. You know, so by, <clears throat> by assuming that I don't know all the answers, it gives me the ability to lean into problems more and believe that look, I don't have to know the answer for everything. In fact, I don't have to know the answer for most things. Even in the work that I do in coaching and consulting, my power is not in knowing the answers. My power is in knowing how to ask good questions. And this is going to increasingly be true as the world moves more and more toward artificial intelligence. What will distinguish the winners from the losers is not knowing the right answers, but it will be in knowing the right questions. So as we give ourselves the emotional capacity to say, I don't know the answer to that, but I'd love to ask that question, or I'd love to ask those questions. It gives us the ability to be problem solvers, to resolve conflict, and also to just show compassion and kindness in difficult situations. Now, the third way that we can transform our lives through better, more powerful questions is by harnessing the power of our future self, harnessing the power of our future vision. 
so often we talk about goal setting and smart goals and all that. And I don't know about you, but I have not found them particularly helpful because the idea of goal setting and smart goals and all that, it just seems so mechanical and so engineered. And maybe my mind is too creative. Maybe my mind is too ADHD. <laughs> like, I don't know. But what I really love is using questions to harness the power of future me. What is future Will Sampson going to look like? What's my future self going to look like? And how can I ask questions that'll get there? Now, I've shared this practice with you before, but one of the practices that I use on a daily basis is called lofty questions. I ask myself lofty questions. I know some people do affirmations. I think our brains are smarter than that. <laughs> like if I tell myself, if I affirm, you know, you are, you have the most fantastic body ever. My brain says, no, you really don't. It's okay. But what I've learned, and this gets, this relates to this third way of changing our lives. What I've learned is to ask myself lofty questions that change the way I see the future. Here's an example of one. And I've, I think I've used this before. One of the questions I ask myself is, why do I have the fit muscular body of an athlete. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but rather than saying I have this and my brain then having to decide, do I or don't I, by asking why, and by asking why I am something that I can live into the into in the future, I create my future self. I create a future vision of what I can be. I begin to ask myself, what do I want to achieve? What are my long-term goals? What are my short-term goals? What are my daily goals? I have lofty questions that are based on my lifetime goals. One of the things I want to do is really change the nature of self-help in our world, because I think self-help is frankly, mostly bullshit. I'm a big fan of personal development, but so one of the questions I, one of the lofty questions my, I ask myself is, why did I change the, the future of the self-help industry for good? That's a, that's a lifetime lofty goal. I have three-year questions that relate to my business and to my personal growth. I have quarterly questions and monthly questions and daily questions. And all of them are about harnessing the power of my future self, harnessing the power of my future vision. So asking myself, what do I want to achieve? What do I want to be true of me? Now, my lifetime questions are much bigger and grander than my weekly questions. My weekly questions are much closer to goal setting and breaking down my goals into manageable steps. They also relate to what resources do I need? How do I measure my progress? What adjustments do I need to make? And so, again, harnessing the power of future vision through goal setting or through questions, rather, gives me the ability to move above that sort of typical engineered approach to goal setting and to move closer and closer to my future self. Now, fourth, and this is where, to me, this is where the rubber really starts to meet the road, is questions give me the ability to overcome challenges by assuming that I can solve problems because I'm willing to ask my quest, myself questions. 
here's one of the questions that um, I call I call it my war games question. If you remember in the 1980s, if you're old enough, or if you've seen it on one of the streaming services, there was a movie called War Games. It was with Matthew Broderick, and I think Ali Sheedy was in it, and John Wood, and there was a couple other people. But it's a situation where Matthew Broderick has, he thought he was hacking into a gaming computer, but he was actually hacking into the Department of Defense, and he he almost set off World War III by accident. And so the computers are doing the things that computers do. And John Wood, who plays the scientist who invented this computer system, he goes in and everything's going haywire and the generals are about to launch war on on each other. And John Wood asks the question, does it make sense? Does it make sense (laughs) that unprovoked two global nations would attack each other? That's an example of a problem-solving question. Does this make sense? So right now, I, I referenced AI earlier, and right now I see a lot of people in fear-mongering around what artificial intelligence will or will not be. And one of the problem-solving questions I ask is, you know, does this make sense? Does that... <laughs> It's so easy. We live in a world of multiple opinions and multiple ideas about how the world should be created. Does that make sense? Another one of my problem-solving questions is just why? There's a management technique called the five whys, and really it can be more than five whys, but it's the idea of continuing to ask the question why until you get at the answer. It's getting to, it's a way of doing what we sometimes call root cause analysis. What's the root cause of the problem I'm facing? And so often when I'm facing a challenge, the challenge is not the thing that's in front of me. It may be two, three, four layers below that. And it's not until I'm willing to ask why a lot of times. Sometimes I'll be stuck. The tech problem this morning, for example, I'm frustrated. Why? Well, because I've done everything I know to do. I've done all the obvious things and I haven't solved the problem. Well, why haven't, why didn't that solve the problem? Well, it must be deeper than that. Okay. Well, why could it be deeper than that? Oh, well, it turns out that the software manufacturer of the camera I'm using just did a security update, right? Because I was curious, because I was willing to just keep asking why. Eventually, and with the help of a friend, eventually I got to the root cause of the problem because I assumed that everything is solvable if I ask the right questions. And so this fourth point, we can overcome challenges by by being willing to ask problem-solving questions, really gives us the capacity to address the root cause of any issue we're facing, gives us the ability to get to alternative approaches it gives us the ability to seek guidance. As I mentioned, I, as, you know, as I got more and more challenged, I reached out to a friend. I said, how can I, here's everything I've done. Do you have any suggestions or do you have any advice or guidance? And again, it turns out that the answer they provided me was not the solution, but it gave me the capacity to think differently. It allowed me to believe that the problem I was facing was something that could be solved. And I think that's so often we get stuck and it seems the modern dilemma that we get to a place where we've 
exhausted everything we know, everything that's in our conscious brain, and then we're stuck and we don't know how to move forward. And it's because we're not willing to, to ask questions. We're not willing to learn and grow from our experiences, right? And so ask even that question, what can I learn and grow? How can I learn and grow from this experience? Really gives me the ability to develop a overcomer's mindset for future challenges. Now, the fifth way we can change our life through questions is by really transforming how we see the world by asking powerful what if questions. So here's some of the questions that I ask myself. What if I embraced a current failure as a stepping stone to future success? You know, one of the questions that you sometimes hear in the personal development world is, if time and money were no object, what would you do? And that can seem like a bullshit question. It can seem like a, a throwaway question and an icebreaker. But again, it's what it has the power to do is you, through a question, clear out the impediments. So often we get stuck. Well, do I have the money to do that? Do I have the time to do that? Am I too old to do that? What if none of those things mattered? I realized this not that long ago. So I'm in my late 50s. And I was particularly down on myself one, one day. And then I realized that if I live to be the same age as my father, who was not nearly as healthy as I am, I have probably four decades left on this planet. <laughs> so, so I started asking myself, what have I done in the last four decades? And what if I realized I had that much time left? What could I do? What if I let, a, what if I let go of regrets, right? What if I just said F you to all the regrets I'm feeling in my life? What if I practice gratitude and mindfulness every day? What if I believed that my potential was so far beyond what I had given myself the capacity to imagine? So those are five ways that I think we can change our lives through questions. Number one, practice the power of self-reflective questions. Number two, cultivate emotional intelligence through curiosity. Number three, harness the power of the future you, of your future vision. Fourth, overcome challenges through problem-solving questions. And fifth, transform the way you see the world through powerful what-if questions. If you'd like to explore more of these, I would love to explore those questions with you as well. Frankly, everything I've talked about here today is the heart of my coaching model and my coaching practice is really helping individuals see better questions. So if that's something that's interesting to you, you can go to my website, go to willsampson.com and you can schedule an appointment with me there for one to talk about one-on-one -on -one coaching or just to, to just find out more about how this coaching situation works and how to ask more powerful questions. I'm also putting together a group coaching cohort, which is going to start in September. And I'd love to connect with you about that as well. I appreciate your being here today and taking the time to think about more powerful questions. You know, as we, as we think about the great problems we face in the world, it's helpful to me to even ask the question there, what would this look like? What would the, the great challenges we face today look like? 
If instead of believing we needed to have all the answers, we were willing to accept that mostly what we need is to just ask better questions. So I'm grateful you tuned in here today and you're asking better questions. Thanks for sharing your time here on Mission Driven You and I'll see you the next time.